You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdai Nation? Welcome to Locked On Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here, your host, covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it. Lead analyst over at allsaintsconsider.com. Follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Welcome to first-time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been supporting me from the jump. It's all family here at Locked On Saints, so make sure you're subscribed via your favorite podcast platform. All right, y'all, and it is Thursday, which means I'm dropping Wednesday's live Q&A from over at the Locked On Saints Facebook group. If you want to be a part of that, just make sure you hit up the group, facebook.com slash groups slash Locked On Saints, so that you can be a part of that every week. Michael, welcome back, homie. Uh, so we are jumping in with some questions here. I got some questions from uh, Mike from Philly. I got Michael Moore. I got Alvaro Lopez. We got some great questions, and I'm sure we'll have some more on the way as they continue to drop some other questions in the chat. So again, if you want to be a part of that, make Make sure that you drop make sure that you join uh the locked on saints facebook group all right so let's go ahead and get started here the first question i have here is from mike from philly his question here is are you ready for the battle at the wide receiver two position who do you feel like gets that spot yes Michael, I am very much ready for the battle at the wide receiver two position. I am very much ready for all of these training camp battles that I am very excited about because it's about to go down in in, in New Orleans at the Saints training camp facility, or I guess in Metairie. But still, uh, it's going to be super dope. And I'm really excited about what it is that's going on at that wide receiver two position. I mean, Ted Ginn Jr. is the incumbent there, but... Does Traquan Smith progress way further than he did? Does he get a little bit more consistent so that he can continue to be a little bit more of a threat than he was his rookie season coming into his second season, his sophomore season? Is he going to be that dude? Is Rashard Matthews going to end up pushing for something a little bit more than we're expecting him to push for? Because I see him as somebody that's pushing really only on this team as a as sort of a depth boundary receiver and somebody else that can swing into the slot as well. So I think he's got a role. But does he push for a number two role? There's going to be so many questions going on at that number two position opposite Michael Thomas. And there's a lot, a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot riding on it because we saw what happened last year when Michael Thomas didn't have a number two option and when Drew Brees didn't really have a number two option. Jared Cook being in the building is going to be a huge part of that. It's going to be humongous in all of that uh, because, you know, it's going to give Drew Brees another outlet and everything like that. But in terms of that second wide receiver position, you got to imagine that to start the season, and this is where I'm going with it, to start the season, that's going to be Ted Ginn Jr., but we'll see what happens. It, does Ted Ginn Jr. end up getting hurt again? He is a little bit up there. He's Asian like fine wine, though, challenging people for a thousand, you know, for a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars to race him on a 40 yard dash and everything. Like he's he's having a good old time. But you know, if he gets hurt again, who steps in and who steps up is my question. And so I still think that this is Ted Ginn Jr.'s position and Ted Ginn Jr.'s uh, uh sort of game to win, but we'll see what happens as they move forward with it. Um, let's see. I asked, uh, Brandon Simmons just jumped in with a question here. I asked last week who would have the most picks. So this week, who will have the most forced fumbles? Oh, good question. I'm going with the homie. Alex Anzalone. See what I did? I made a little rhyme right there. But no, really, I'm going with Alex Anzalone. When he helicoptered uh, uh, Julio Jones in midair in that game uh, against the Falcons, I'll never bet against Alex Anzalone again. Uh, He played a full healthy season last year. He was incredible to watch. Just extremely versatile, mad fast, super athletic, playing in that that middle linebacker position, being the signal caller and everything. He was incredible last season. And so I'm going to give the nod to the boy Alex Anzalone on 
that one uh brandon uh, we got a couple more questions that are coming in so excited gage just walked in too gage what's up man welcome in i'm gonna jump over to michael moore's question here in this long dry period of saints news how are you gonna handle that on the podcast well a lot of it's gonna be going back and looking back at 2018 as well as bringing on guests i'm i'm trying to get more fans involved on this locked on saints listener line too uh so that fans can actually call in and ask questions saints fans not fans of me i don't look at it like that but saints fans can call in and ask questions and actually have their voices featured here on the podcast so if you're having trouble doing that like if you've been trying to do it and you're having trouble doing it let me know so i can get it fixed but it's 504-229-4265 504-229-4265 you can call in you can leave a voicemail and i'll i'll pull it and then throw it on here so we're gonna do a lot of like fan interaction a lot of stuff like that bring on some guests and stuff i got thor coming back here in a little bit to talk about some 2020 draft information and i've got some other guests from the whole nine sports coming back as well so we got a lot going on uh, we'll keep everything covered and we'll keep everything moving because I, I I love the off season and I think that it's a really fun time and it's a little bit of a whirlwind of things. But we'll keep everything going on. Uh, keep everything updated with what's going on. I promise you you get an episode every day out here. I might take a couple of weeks where I only do four episodes uh, just to give myself some rest and stuff like that, getting ready for training camp. But for the most part, you, you're gonna be covered. You're gonna be all right. You're gonna be all right. Everything's gonna be fine out here. <laughs> uh, is Chapasau gonna be the jam again for this season? I'm trying. Okay, my vote is Noya Clap. That's my vote. My vote is Noya Clap all the way through, but we'll see, man. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, going into this 2019 season to see who, you know, who, who ends up, does, do, do the Saints resurrect another rapper, another local rapper's career? Like, do we all of a sudden start seeing some BG up in here or something like that? Like, it's going to be crazy, but everything that happened with Chopper Style last year is going to be a lot of fun, but I imagine we'll start with Chopper Style and then some other new song will, will drip in and stuff. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Brandon Simmons also asked, can Breeze break the all-time touchdown record by mid-season? He needs 19 to tie it. Yes. Yes, he can. Absolutely. I know I'm like hype right now. I'm just having a good time. But truly, I do believe so. I mean, he threw what, 36, 30, 30 something, 35 last year. Uh, and so 19 by midseason kind of makes sense. That's a little bit around that same rate. Um, and so maybe by the bye week, he might have that. Of course, he's going like pace for pace with Tom Brady on that touchdown record. So we'll see exactly what it is that happens. But with the addition of Jared Cook, which answers your next question about who I think will be the biggest red zone threat, that's going to be Jared Cook. But with the addition of Jared Cook, I can see more touchdowns coming within the 20s for Drew Brees as we've seen than we've seen in recent seasons. Because usually within the 20s, you see some Alvin Kamara, you know, swing outside plays, some fake handoffs, things like that, that end up breaking him free. And he's like running over Shaq Thompson to get into the end zone and stuff like that. But I think with um, the addition of Jared Cook, we'll see some more of those red zone touchdowns that's going to add to his total throughout the season, particularly the first half of the season when people are still trying to figure out how the hell to deal with Jared Cook, Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn Jr. Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. That's that, that that's real. That's just me being real right there. All right, so we're gonna jump to our first break here. When we come back, we'll continue with our questions. We got lots piling in. It's a fun day here on Locked On Saints. Thank y'all everybody so much for being here, both in the chat and for listening. We're coming right back with some more of these questions right here on Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, Huda Nation, welcome back to Locked On Saints, your team every day here live with the Locked On Saints Facebook group doing the Q&A thing. If you want to take a part in that, uh, go ahead and join the Locked On Saints Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Locked On Saints. And also don't forget to check out Locked On NBA. They're in the midst of their big NBA mock draft right now. So you get to hear 
a ton of information from all the local experts as well as SI.com and uh, Jeff Lloyd from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball uh, uh, podcast giving you all of the fantasy implications of the draft as well. So you can check that out. Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, all of that with the Locked On NBA podcast. So thank you all so much for being here today. We're jumping in with a few more of our questions. Brandon Simmons asks, who do you think will be team MVP this season? Team MVP this season is going to be uh, Cameron Jordan because he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. That's it. I'm dropping it. I think I've already actually made that made that prediction, but you know, I'm just having fun. Uh, Cam Jordan to me is team MVP and he's going to end up winning defensive player of the year. Uh, shout out to Mike from Philly who has the right idea about what team i'm sorry what the song for next year is going to be he said that his vote is the block is hot uh we also had 504 boys so there's some really good options out there for who what the song is going to be uh, outside of chopper style coming into next uh season uh let's see what i could do here uh gage asked uh has there been much word on sheldon rankins unfortunately no uh not a lot of update on him it's basically as we've expected uh he's doing a lot in terms of you know trying to rehab and get back to where he, but we probably won't see him he's probably going to start the season on the physically unable to perform list and then end up you know coming back after the bye week or at some point there uh, we know that he's doing well we know that he's rehabbing well and everything like that and that he's on track but that's about as far as uh, as we know so far uh, are McCoy and CGJ week one starters? That's from Michael Moore, Eric McCoy, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yes. Well, here's the thing. Okay, Eric McCoy, week one starter at center in my mind. I've, I've said that since the draft. I've said that he's a plug-and-play kind of guy. I know that they signed Nick Easton the day after Max Unger retired, but Eric McCoy is just a special talent. He played over 1,400 pass-blocking snaps and only allowed a single sack his entire time in college, playing against NFL talent in college, playing against Clemson, playing against LSU, playing against Alabama, stuff like that. So he was, he's been outstanding his entire collegiate career. And I have no reason so far to, um, to believe that he's not going to be the week one starter because he's already getting snaps with the first team. Yes, he had the two, you know, fumble mishandles or snap mishandles with Drew Brees, but they're working on that. And Sean Payton seemed very excited about what Eric McCoy does otherwise and feels that they're going to be able to fix that kind of miscommunication. So I'm not worried about that. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I don't see him as a week one starter, but I see him week one on the field. And what I mean by that is that your starter at the slot cornerback position is going to be either P.J. Williams or Patrick Robinson. Right now, uh, P.J. Williams is getting most of the snaps with the first team, but Patrick Robinson's balling out in minicamp. He balled out in minicamp. Two of the three days he had an interception on Teddy Bridgewater. So I think soon we'll be seeing him in training camp taking more snaps with the first team. And if he's recovered well, I can expect him to be the starter over PJ Williams just because of the way that they're performing in camp right now, unless PJ is able to continue to step it up. Because he stepped it up and he's not playing poorly. It's just that right now Patrick Robinson's kind of out of his mind at the moment. So give the blame, give, when we give the give the homie some credit there. Uh, but Chauncey Garner-Johnson, not really going to be a starter because he's not going to start either one of those safety spots either. He's not going to usurp uh, Marcus Williams or Von Bell, but he'll definitely get some playing time in the slot as well as a box safety uh, if they get the opportunity to do that. And then also uh, as a blitzer, because that's really what they've been working for him as well. Uh, Gage Hogley told me that I had a hot take, and I think that he's talking about that defensive player of the year uh, award for Cam Jordan. But man, man, I mean that. I mean that 100%. I think he can win that this year, especially with that new contract, new shiny contract. Man, he's going to be balling out. Uh, Alvaro Lopez asked if there's any news on Carl Granderson. Not yet. I know that his trial is in the middle of July, so we'll see what ends up happening there, and that's really going to give us a little bit more information. I do know that the Saints really like him. Sean Payton talked about him in one of the post-practice press conference uh, events that he had with uh, after minicamps and stuff, and said that you know he's playing very well and that they like what he's doing. Uh, everybody compliments his first step. 
off the line and everything, but really everything kind of comes down to how that trial goes for him in mid-July. So we'll see what it is that happens with him coming through there. But he's somebody that if he gets cleared, very well could make that 53-man roster. They like him a lot, and he looks like somebody that could be very effective rotating with Marcus Davenport. Uh, Mike from Philly asked, having Reggie and Marcus Colston in the Saints Hall of Fame, who do you think gets in next? My vote is another wide receiver, and it's Robert Meacham. I really like Robert Meacham. He's going to be available. He's going to be eligible next year. 2007 draft class. The two guys that just got in this year were from the 2006 draft class. 178 reception, or let me just look at his, his stats with the Saints. 164 receptions, 2,707 receiving yards, and 25 touchdowns in only six years with the Saints. Only his last and that includes two years where he came back. But in his first four seasons with the Saints, when they won the Super Bowl 2008, 2009, 10, and 11, which included the Super Bowl year and the 7,474-yard year, where they set those records for the most explosive offense in the NFL, just in those four years, 141 receptions, 2,269 yards, and 23 of his 27 touchdowns came just in those four years. He never, except for his rookie year, went under five touchdowns and had nine in the Super Bowl year in 2009. He never exceeded a thousand yards, and I know that, but he was such a huge part of what the Saints what the Saints were able to do as a Super Bowl winning team, as well as a record setting team, that I think that he deserves some consideration to get into the Saints Hall of Fame. I like him a lot, and I would love to see him do that. I got the Super Bowl jersey. I got his Super Bowl jersey hanging up in my closet right now. Um, we'll take this last question here before the break, and then we'll come back to take some more. Uh, Brendan asks, uh, behind Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn, who do you realistically see uh, taking that third wide receiver spot, and who do you low-key want to take this spot? That's a great question, and I like the fact that you split it up there about who will versus who will I want. I think when you talk about the third wide receiver spot, you're talking about the slot position in the Saints offense. So for me, I think that that person will be uh, Keith Kirkwood. I th well, let me say it this way. I think that the person should be Keith Kirkwood. If Cameron Jordan, I'm sorry, not Cameron Jordan, Cameron Meredith somehow comes back to training camp and all of this stuff, he might end up getting that spot. He might end up getting that role back, but I just, I don't trust it. I don't trust it at all. I don't trust the injury. Uh, and so for me, the person that I want to get it is Keith Kirkwood because I loved what he brought to the Saints last year, caught a couple of touchdowns and also had that huge game, his first game after the Des Bryant signing and then injury the day after where he caught two passes for 45 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals. So my vote is on uh, Keith Kirkwood. But if Cameron Meredith comes back, I could see them potentially giving him the nod if he stays healthy through training camp. I just don't want it to happen. And I want to see Kirk Keith Kirkwood start the season at that slot position and then be able to compete throughout the season to maintain it. So, all right, y'all, we're going to jump to our last break here. When we come back, uh, we got more questions. Got some questions about, uh, let's see, let me scroll down here. Got some questions coming up about defensive schemes. Got some questions about Drew Brees uh, and his passing yardage this season. So we got some more coming up for you here. More of that heat from the Locked on Saints Facebook group coming up right here on the other side. Got that coming up for you right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Let's get it, family. Final segment of the day, taking a few more questions. I got six right here, so I'm going to try to get through all of them as quickly as possible. This is a follow-up from Brendan about the last question that I answered before the break when he asked me about the uh, third wide receiver. He was like, so why we, why, why give up on Traquan Smith? And that's a very good question. And, and I just want to clarify, it's not about giving up on Traquan Smith. So when, when, when I'm asked about the third wide receiver position, to me, that's the slot that's the, the slot receiver. And that's why I went Keith Kirkwood. Uh, Traquan Smith to me is a backup perimeter guy behind Michael Thomas, 
but specifically, more specifically, behind Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, and so for me, he plays a different position than what would be the third wide receiver in my eyes. I think Traquan Smith is absolutely going to push for playing time throughout training camp. He's going to end up splitting time, is my prediction, with uh, Ted Ginn Jr., although Ted Ginn Jr. is going to win the wide receiver two starting role outright. I think he's going to end up splitting some time and seeing seeing a lot of time on the field. We know Sean Payton likes to uh, likes to switch up personnel all the time. We know Drew Brees likes to spread the ball around. I think Traquan Smith is going to get his, but in terms of that slot receiver role, which Traquan Smith himself said that he doesn't really play, I think it's going to all, that's that, to me, that's all going to be to uh, Keith Kirkwood as, as my, that's my greatest desire as opposed to uh, Cameron Meredith. Uh, Gage came through with another question here. Do you think that they're going to change up the defensive schemes at all, or do they keep them fairly similar because of how much success that they have and does the d-line health uh make an impact on that thought process this is actually a fantastic question gage thank you for asking this so what we saw last year was a leap into the nickel package for the saints they only ran 82 three safety sets which they had been relying on heavily for the previous seasons before 2018 heavily relied on that those three three safety sets only had to do it 82 times last season and the reason is not because kurt coleman was butt cheeks, which he was, but it was really because of the fact that they had a reliable slot game in Patrick Robinson and then PJ Williams. Most of the three safety sets that they ran happened in that transitionary period when PJ Williams was getting acclimated to the slot before he started to excel there. That's where a lot of those came as well as in three, uh, as well as in late game scenarios and stuff like that. Uh, so when you look at that, to me, I think they'll continue to stay away from the three safety sets, but we might, we'll, we'll, we'll I, let me, let me rephrase that. We'll continue to see them stay away from the three safety sets as a base package, but we'll see a little bit more of them than 82 this season because of the addition of Chauncey Gardner Johnson. So in that way, I think the defensive scheme changes a little bit. You'll see the, the nickel base package still be the reliable sort of base package, but you'll probably see a little bit more of the three safety sets in order to get Chauncey Gardner Johnson and Patrick Robinson on the field at the same time. That's the first time I've ever said that out loud, and it just excites me so much that we could have Marshawn Lattimore, Eli Apple, Marcus Williams, Von Bell, Patrick Robinson, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and a dime package on the field at the same time. That's just, that just shakes me up a little bit. And the thing that's nice about that is that, you know, you're adding an extra, you're adding two extra DBs in that case. So you drop a linebacker, you drop a defensive end, uh, I'm sorry, a defensive lineman. And then you end up having, you know, uh, two linebackers, three defensive linemen and a three-man front. You've got Malcolm Brown, who's an outstanding nose tackle. And then your defensive line doesn't struggle at all in that in that scenario, especially because it's a passing, you know, it's passing up, but you're still able to clog up the middle and take up some extra blockers with Malcolm Brown and then allow your edge rushers, Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan to eat. So there's still a lot going on here for the Saints defense and the defensive line health without Sheldon Rankins is going to affect a little bit of the play calling, but in terms of formation and personnel, there's still a big open window and a big, a lot of opportunity for guys to get involved there. Uh, jumping into Brendan's next question here, uh, I've seen a recent comparison of a Zigbo to Ingram. Is there any validity to that comparison. I haven't, uh, yeah, no. So for me, yes, there, there is validity in this comparison. That was actually my homie, uh, Tyler McClatchy. You can follow on Twitter at Ty McClatchy. You heard me give him a birthday shout out. He's the founder of All Saints Considered, and he does all the videos with me on YouTube as well as the podcasts and everything over there at the ASC Podcast on Twitter, at All Saints Blog on Twitter as well. So make sure you check him out. He is an incredible, like just loves film and watches it a lot. And so when he sees a Zigbo, he sees somebody that maintains an up, you know, that maintains his leverage uh, through the line of scrimmage between the tackles and everything, uh, keeping his shoulders low, keeping his leverage low, and then being able to break through those tackles, break through first contact. A lot of the things that Mark Ingram was really good at doing as well. Even his run style is very... 
very similar to what Mark Ingram's was, just in terms of how he carries the ball and how he runs. Because remember, Mark Ingram changed up his carry based on those that time that he fumbled twice, and then Sean Payton was like, sit down, Tim Hightower is going out there, and everything. And so, uh, yeah, I think that is uh, there's valid comparisons there. In terms of, you know, I'm not going to say that Azigbo is going to be able to produce at Mark Ingram's level right away, but definitely he's got the same building blocks that Mark Ingram might have started out with at an early point in his career. Uh, Brendan asks, do you think that Drew Brees will hit 5,000 yards passing this season? I don't. Uh, and that's not because I'm saying Drew Brees is declining or that he's regressing or anything like that. I just, I, there's no reason for him to. There's a very reliable run game behind him. Uh, he's going to have a very reliable short game in front of him now with Jared Cook as well. And so I could see him exceeding 4,000 yards. Last season, he came eight yards short. He also took a game off. Remember, he didn't play in week 17, even though he was only eight yards away uh, from that 4,000 yard mark, which would have set, you know, which would have furthered his record in consecutive 4,000 yard passing seasons. But for him, I don't see him going over 5,000 yards this season, strictly because of the fact that he's not going to have to. It's not going to be a necessity, but I do see him going over 4,000 yards this time around. Uh, Alvaro Lopez, do you think that Alvin Kamara can have that 1,000-yard rushing and receiving uh, receiving season with all of the weapons that we have on offense now? I, I don't see a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. I see a thousand yards rushing because of the, the, the boost of carries, the, the, um, the additional carries that he's going to see, uh, throughout the 2019 season. But I think that the receiving yards are going to be probably around 600, 700, which is still really good for a running back and still very much within Alvin Kamara's ability to do that. It's just that with Jared Cook, with Michael Thomas, with whoever the, you know, number, proven number two receiver is going to end up being in the season. Like you said, there's a lot of weapons around him on the offense now and so I don't see him having to get a thousand yards receiving but definitely a thousand yards rushing around 700 yards receiving can see it clearly no problem there uh Brandon Simmons asks who do you feel is the best coach or who is the better coach Dennis Allen or Pete Carmichael okay so this is actually a really good question I like it. I might get in trouble, but I like it. Uh, for me, it's Dennis Allen. The reason why I give it Dennis Allen is because Dennis Allen calls his own plays. Pete Carmichael does isn't a play caller. Uh, Sean Payton is the play caller for the offense. They're both outstanding coordinators, but what Dennis Allen has been able to do with this defense, even when they start off struggling, and let's not forget that he inherited a historically awful, awful, awful defense and then turned it into one of the best defenses toward the latter half of the last two seasons so i gotta give i gotta give it to the homie uh i gotta give it to the homie dennis allen there no shade to pete carmichael just saying dennis allen did something really spectacular when he took over all right y'all to close it out alvaro lopez comes in with the last question here what do you think about camara playing quarterback during the regular season drew said he could sling it so okay so you heard me talk about on an episode a few a uh, few days ago it was like the last day of minicamp uh to where uh, Alvin Kamara and Teddy Bridgewater swapped jerseys and positions during minicamp. And, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was out there after practice talking about how he had the best hands in the league behind Michael Thomas and everything. Gotta love how much fun those two were having. But is there the potential of a wildcat formation that puts Alvin Kamara in the position to throw the football? I could see it happening, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. And maybe that's just me, like, really falling in love with what Drew Brees, I'm mean, sorry, what Sean Payton has done with Taysom Hill and everything. And maybe I'm just getting in over my head. But you know what? what? Let's do it. Why not? Let Alvin Kamara go out there and throw a pass and see what happens. Let him throw it to the second best hands in the league, Teddy Bridgewater, and see what happens. But I could definitely see some wildcat formations and things like that. Adding those wrinkles would be a ton of fun. So we'll see what happens with that throughout the 2019 regular season. But man, this Saints team, 
always looking for ways to be innovative, always looking for ways to try something new. So why not? We'll see what happens. I definitely think that it could be a possibility. All right, y'all, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to everybody here in the chat as well. Again, if you want to take part in these live Q&As, just join the Locked on Saints Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints. Make sure you come back tomorrow. Going to have a little bit of fun looking back at the last few seasons and what that might tell us about next season. But for right now, say as always, do thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. Make sure you drop that five-star review to help keep me employed. And if you're not already, subscribe on any podcast platform, including the Himalaya Podcast app. Thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints. And trust, Who that Nation, I'll holla at you.